Welcome to the Rap Writers Show, the show that no one asked for, where rappers talk about writers. Or should I say writers talk about rappers? Nice. That would be a much better show if rappers talked about writers. That would be fire. I will, I will clap will, back. I will listen to that religiously. Just a bunch of rappers sitting around. I think that's what Nikki's show is, actually. It's pretty, it's close to saying. I think that's right, yeah. Um, welcome to episode three of season two. This is Dan here with Reed. Manny. I guess. And Hello. Hassan. Shout out to Hassan. Um, so it's just us three today. Eric Deep is not present and no guests today. Mm. We tried really hard to get a guest today, but maybe it's just a, it's a tough week. I'm going to just go with that. It's a tough week for everyone in the rap community. Violent diarrhea. Oh my god. Just explosive Everyone we know. diarrhea. It's it's an outbreak. It's it was. It's <laughs> I've never seen a case like this before. That's right. Because we all ate something in the fashion week party or something. We all oh ate yeah. Them. It's definitely the fashion week food. Hundred <laughs> percent. I walked by right out the next door actually there's a fashion week party at a mattress shop. Yes. You I saw, saw that. Yeah. I almost went in. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like the logical extreme of fashion week, right? Just people partying oh, in a well lit mattress store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some like mattress entrepreneur saying like I can make some money. Right. Out this week. Yeah, people are in town. <laughs> on Cadell Street. They had a DJ, and then I saw some woman just jumping on the mattress with like socks on. I was like, oh, this looks pretty interesting. That's how you get violent diarrhea. Oh yeah, <laughs> violent diarrhea. What if there was just like a, a family there trying out the mattresses? <laughs> it's like, like we just moved into a house. <laughs> we need to fucking bed. What are you people doing here? <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's just us three. Um, and I guess our mood is not matching <laughs> the, the topic of the show, but yeah. something we could, we should talk about that I was going to sort of, uh, ease into is maybe why it's been a tough week for everyone is that I think the rap community suffered a pretty unfortunate death this Huge week. Loss. Huge loss. Huge loss. Um, something that is hard to explain to maybe people that don't really follow rap um but how would you guys sort of quantify it and, and sort of how did you feel when you found out and i think we were all texting each other so, uh just super sad i mean it's i think um it's different a little different for people in the rap community because um like so many pieces that have been written this week um have stated that I think a lot of us grew up with Mac. I think a lot of us were similar in age and also like the trajectory of our careers matched the trajectory of his music and right. how it got better and everything. And um, and also how, how he like involved, he got um, other people in recording and everything um, and how his, his home in LA became kind of a hub for a lot of rappers and stuff. I've been watching so many Mac videos on YouTube. Um, and to clarify, we're talking about Mac Miller, who yeah, passed away. Yeah, yeah. I should have noted no, uh, on Friday. Yeah. No, I think it's because we talk about him like it's pretty personal, even though uh, I never met him. I think you did, Dan, mm -hmm. and maybe you did Manny, too, as well. Um, but I was just watching this video before it came here. I've been watching him all week. Um, There's this video that Noisy did called, I think, Behind the Beat, In the Beat, and it was um, Earl Sweatshirt and, and Vince Staples. And mm -hmm. the video was about them recording um and them making music and everything but um mac was just there like if mm -hmm. you notice he's there and everything and and talking and it's it, like i said the video is not even about him but it's he's just present and i think that was his uh his role in, in the hip-hop community a lot is that he was just always present so it's a little harder there but at the same time uh, i think he had a lot of fans outside of the community as well that are pretty broken up about it yeah, I agree. And I think he had a sort of like a, he was known when he moved to LA from Pittsburgh or, or whenever he made it out there that he kind of built this beautiful studio because he kind of had some money early on in his career, but he just wanted a community and he kind of let everyone he knew record there, whether it was Action Bronson or the kids from uh, Odd Future or whoever it was, Schoolboy Q, I remember recorded there and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he just kind of offered the space in a really generous and and I think a way that felt like I'm not I don't want anything from you I just want friends essentially which mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to that 
Yeah, no, he was such a good guy. I never officially got to interview him, but I met him like a, a good handful amount of times. And um, he was one of the most genuine artists, so superstars you, you you can ever meet. He um he listens he listens he wasn't like too, um I don't want to say he wasn't too big to come and buy the office just to say hi. Um, he treats you like you're a human being because I feel like some artists, um, when you interview them, they do this. It's they treat you like they're like a burden. It's like a task. Like let me just get this out the way. Where right. he it was really it was really an engaging conversation where you interview or not or you're just talking to him and um yeah it really i don't know it really hit hard like i was um in off i was in the office um and then all of a sudden my uh the whole office well backstory the sides the side of my uh the door next the next door to my office was on fire um there's a fire going on so we had to evacuate that morning at the same day friday yeah friday friday morning there was a fire we had to evacuate and work from home me i lived in brooklyn so i was like i can't go home i'm gonna go to sleep so i went to (laughs) i went to a buffet i ate came back (laughs) um, oh there's a fire happening you're just like i'm gonna go to a buffet (laughs) exactly "Ah, go to a buffet get some food real quick i came back went went back to work as usual um and so while i'm in the corner i'm way in the corner and all I heard was, oh, my God, Manny, yo, Mac Miller. And I said, oh, what happened? What happened? What's going on? It's like he just passed. And it hit me, like, so hard. And mm-hmm. I was, at first, I was just like, I was asking myself, why did this hurt more? Because, I, you know, there is, like, I know him to an extent. He's still someone, like, that's, that's just not it's interact daily. But I think it's because I literally, when I first heard him, I was interning at XXL. Mm-hmm. Um that's how I got in, in, in the industry. Um, I entered this is around the summer of like 2010 and he put out kids mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, who's this guy? This is pretty cool. And I remember bringing him back to Rutgers and telling my friends and like his trajectory, his growth was the same thing as me. Like I started off as this kid who just was curious about music and writing and thought he can, let's see where this goes and then eventually made a career out of it. And so, and like him, he progressed and I don't know, it was just really hard. I still even find it difficult to even talk about it because it's, it's, I still can't believe it. He was a really great artist and, um, you know, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks because he was only 26. And then it made me just like think about personally, like, man, like what's going on in my life? Like mm-hmm. it made me think about like my health. Um, it made me think about, am I mentally okay? And it, honestly, it made me like just stop doing a lot of like, maybe just stop. Right. And the industry where it's just constantly go, go, go. It made me just like halt. Right. And I kind of took like a whole weekend of just not doing nothing, reflecting. I think uh, you said a lot of really important things there. And I think that, I mean, going back, like a lot of journalists specifically feel like they were friends with him and they feel like he wasn't uh, burdened by their sort of time. And so that's why I think a lot of people wrote some really amazing pieces this week. 100%. Because they felt like, oh, this wasn't just a dude that was like passing through and talking to 15 magazines on the same day. He was someone that I connected with, someone that gave me time of day, someone mm-hmm. that gave me energy and someone that actually cared about who I was. Yeah, like he 100%. He's the, if he's the ra- he's the rapper that everyone loves. It's not a it's not a coincidence that everyone in the industry took out took some time out to give some words. It's not a coincidence that J Cole and Future and all these other rap superstars and their concerts made took time out of their set and be like, "Yo, man, this sucks. Like we lost something big." It's because he was a good person. Like and just and that's honestly hard to find in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Like it's just generally good people who just want to see the good in everybody. And he really op- had an open door policy. We're just like, if you need some help, I can I can help you, um, you know? And it's just like, it just sucks when someone that bright um, gets gets their gets their light taken out, yeah. you know? And the scary the part is that it was, it was an overdose and just like, man, I thought he was really doing good and turned the corner. Like right. you listen to Swimming and it's just like, oh, one of my favorite tracks on Swimming is Self Care. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so like talking about like, take some time out for yourself. And it's lifting because I struggle with that sometimes. We're just like, I need to, all right, you need to like calm down and like word, take care of yourself. Like yourself, um, right. That you need to like find some moments to just t- tackle your personal demons. And so that happened just like shit. It sucks. It really does. Sure. 
And I think a thing too is that like you both said, sort of there's this parallel of he's someone that like was our age when you got into it and the same kind of passion, same kind of interest in this music and then propelled. And you see someone that I think we can all say he was much more successful than us financially mm -hmm. and, and the things that he saw and the people that he worked with. And you see someone that propelled to those heights and still had the demons. And I think it's like, like you said, sort of the stark reminder to look at yourself, even if you're not at that state of wealth or, or anything else or importance in the public world, whatever it is, um, to look at yourself and say, like, how am I living and, and what do I find important? And, 100%. Yeah. There's a song on uh, Swimming called 2009, and it's the song yeah. that I think a lot of people are mm -hmm. quoting. It's a great song. Um, and it, it is a great song. And I think it's a song that we... Like I remember the day before as well. Um, for me, I, I was listening to that album all day, swimming mm -hmm. um, in as I looked for apartments. And my girlfriend and I kept getting turned down and everything. And I was, and I was walking through the rain and everything. And um, the chorus of that song, I think, goes, it ain't 2009 no more. We know what's behind that door. And that's just like speaks to us because that's our timeline. It's okay. like, okay, it's not 2009 when we were younger right we know what's behind that door whether that be um the road that like depression takes us down or how we feel with hangovers um and stuff like that um so we we should be wiser we should we should know what's up yeah um and so that's related it was just like a total uh relatable thing in the sense that um w yeah we're on the same timeline and that it's yeah it's yeah. who we are and he was such a musician where it's just like he really cared about his music and really tried to progress. Like each album was like a step forward to somewhere that he want that he wanted to go. Like, and I love swimming. I think this is like his best one. Not just, just I always when I first listened to it, um, and excluding the the late passing, I honestly and wholeheartedly think this is his best album. It just from top to bottom, I didn't skip. I really like mm -hmm. watching. I really I love kids. Um, I really love Macadelic. I think that's super underrated. And I really um, and I and I really got into um. To watching movies, but um, swimming just felt complete. It was just very fulfilling, and um, you know, it's just like, damn, this guy—he was really special, and he's not here anymore. Yeah, musically, I think he was. Um, it's actually what Hassan and I were talking about before you guys got here in the studio. Like, he was a guy I felt like a lot of people respected, but didn't necessarily fuck with music-wise until later in his career. Yeah. Um, because I think Kids was was dope, and um, or at least like for me, uh, Kool Aid and Frozen Pizza over the Lord Finesse beat mm -hmm. was cool and everything. But it was like definitely in the frat rap territory. Hundred percent. His debut as well was like, which was infamously panned. Like Pitchfork got a one point or something yes. like that. <laughs> Um, watching movies with the sound off, I still thought he wasn't there really, but it was just like, all right, he's taking he's the taking steps. the steps. He's yeah. like getting Clamps Casino, Flying Lotus. He's rapping with School Black Q. It was just like out of nowhere. All right, he has a good taste yeah. at least. Like he knows he has a good ear for this shit, and I think that's always, to me, been his uh, strongest uh, trait as an artist was mm -hmm. to like his. It was his ear and to know who to recruit to get on songs, and how songs should be laid out, and mm -hmm. even all the way up to like his latest albums and his his best single probably, which was Damn with Anderson Pack. Mm -hmm. That was, I think, an Anderson Pack song mm -hmm. that he wrote, and for him to recognize it and to turn it into what it what what it turned it into what it became and everything. Really early in Anderson's career, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that to me, like, let me know that, like, even though I don't mess with his albums that much, which I eventually that changed. Like, I think Divine Feminine for me was Divine good, Fem and then Swimming yeah. is great. I think yeah. they're both great. Um, that changed, but um, like. It, it, I always kind of respected him for at least the the crowd he ran with. Yeah, at least trying because I feel like some rappers, especially, they don't try to do something. They're just afraid to just like, all right, this works. Let's just keep on going. Yeah. He made a constant effort to like, let's all right. You know what? Let me just produce and be Larry Fishman. Let me just fuck with that and just yeah. like and just work on my craft and producing wise. Or let me come back and do um, Velvet Revival Lounge. Or fuck it, let's go with the internet. And right. do like a live, do a live album. album. Yeah. So like it was just he was trying he was trying to push the boundary. Right. And that's and, really rare, like you said, in hip hop especially. Hundred percent. Like I I applaud anyone, any artist who at least tries, you know? Um, just because 
if you don't, like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, you're just cat trying to get a check. And I guess to to say something off of what you said earlier and, and just to zoom out, like, why does it feel, even if we have varying degrees of a personal relationship with Mac, um, our personal experiences with him, why does it feel so personal when an artist that we really love passes away and sort of how do we deal with listening to their their work? Because I think some people... Craig Jenkins at the uh, at New York Mag said, I can't even listen to the songs yet. Meanwhile, for me, I was listening to the songs all weekend, like mm-hmm. on the verge of tears, but it felt really like nice to sort of hear that and sort of maybe think about mm-hmm. things a little differently. Um, so just wanted to throw that out to you guys. I, th- I think the, the whole deal with Mac and what went down is um, that he was different in, in the sense that they were uh, people like every everywhere you turn in the industry. People have these stories about how personable he was and everything. I don't. I don't think that's usually the way it goes. I think people get attached to the music and the songs, and um, it, and when you see an al- an artist that uh, is really talented and that you follow from an early age or from early on that passes away, you think it's a tragedy. But with Mac, it's more like a friend almost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I I. Uh, it just struck me how um, the stories that have come out and the and writers and how attached they were to him and just like stemming from them hanging out with him so much as opposed to being attached to his music is like them attached to him as a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just uh, to for me how, how <clears throat> excuse me how I coped with it was just um, I don't know at first it, after a while when I got the news I I was like shocked so i had to take a couple of minutes and then i was just like let me just i'll just listen to swimming i put on swimming and just like really um thought about like what like his music and just like how it impact me and just i'm just like oh what's my favorite songs and i'm just like i'm just gonna write about my favorite songs and you know i just spent the weekend just like listening to him reading interviews reading what people said um just to see what impact they had on him and um it was like I said, it was what reed said it was just his um his kindness you know a strange indicator for me that like how beloved he was was uh, a hip hop DX. You know when a rapper passes away, hip hop DX like compiles the tweets that people shouting them out and like memorizing mm-hmm. them and everything. Um, I was looking at the one for for him, and it was just like endless, like right. all the tweets. It was weirdly cathartic to read all of them. Yeah, and, and IG, on IG also it was like. I remember seeing like Diplos and he had like 50 photos of them and then Pharrell and then all mm-hmm. these people that like... Thundercat, and, yeah. And Thundercat, yeah, people that are less like A-list, whatever, but like people's memories, SZA wrote a really beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it was really cathartic to hear all these stories. And, and in that way too, it's like then you start to feel like part of the music community and the music community lost a friend as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird? I, weird too? I really thought, I was like, man, what could I what could I I just I don't know I just thought literally when it happened I was like what could I, could I have done something more like I wonder what happened to 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 happen you know because he was live streaming the night be- the day before and it's like man like you just have so many questions and you're just like man this well he, yeah he was never a guy that like there's some people I've heard stories in the music industry where they say I saw I talked to this person and I knew they were gonna die soon like that person is a wreck they're, they look like within a year they're not gonna they're not gonna make it. Um, I remember the story about Amy Winehouse um, from the Blueprint show worked on. Uh, Mary Schiavo. Oh, Mary, yeah, um, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah, and so I think of that story. But from oh, all I've heard, and I was listening to uh, uh, Micah Peters' podcast last night with mm-hmm. Peter Rosenberg, who was really close mm-hmm. uh, to Mac. He he was like this dude was so jolly all the time. 100%. It's just hard to tell. And I think when people, again, I don't, I, I don't, I never met him and I don't know him personally, but when people are so uh, dedicated to others and everything and they put others forth all the time, it's maybe harder to tell um, because they're not focusing on themselves at all. And you, it's harder. It's not like they're, you can notice it really visibly because you're the you're the, you're the the crutch you're the strong one you're the rock and so it's easy for other people to be like he'll be okay and just accepting all that emotional bur- emotional baggage 
plus with over fighting your own demons it can it can you can drown and then i know people who do that and sometimes i do that where i just take everything in and then next thing you know it i'm in this fucking deep depression with my phone like off and be like i'm just not talking to anybody right now and um people just expect you to bounce back they think you're just like this strong-willed everything he'll be okay like it's just like oh he'd be okay he's you know what i mean that's just that's just such and such being such and such well you need to ask like hey like let's can we let's talk about it let's let's look is everything fine is everything really okay do you want to express yourself and um i kind of thought about that i was like man i need to be more of a better friend um i have to be a better friend because um i don't want this fit this feeling sucks like what if some someone in my inner circle just like just like was passed um and it was uh over overdose and it's just like man like i don't want to be like i don't want to be like can I do was I was I doing enough did I ask did I call did I text and be like hey checking in you know you just um because you just never know and that's that's the scary thing like someone can be really smiling and everything be okay and then next thing you know they're gone yeah and it's spot on that the people that are sort of the most public facing like strong and, and all good that they're maybe dealing with the most shit and um I guess I'll just add this from Rembert Mm -hmm. a writer that we all really like uh he wrote ultimately i wish he had been more selfish because by being so supportive of everyone he touched he left so little time to be his own biggest cheerleader Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i mean that sums it up perfectly that sums it up perfectly um because you need like you need to take care of yourself i tell my sisters that all the time too sister and brother like it's fine to be selfish especially as you get older because um you need to that five minutes just to be like all right am i like what's what am i good and if you're not good you need to address it or fix it ready good all right hey ready good <laughs> no one. my stomach hurt i did what, what? <laughs> yeah my uh i'm violent diarrhea right now <laughs> um, have you ever had violent diarrhea <laughs> man i had it once it was not <laughs> It's not good, man. It's the problem with having Red Bull in the studio. <laughs> Ever just took Red a Bull dump energy. completely naked? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's go on with some Mac Miller songs. Good transition. Uh, just, just check out a couple of the songs that, uh, that I personally really like from his catalog. Um, hopefully you guys like it too. This next song right here is a song called Remember, right? Dedicated to a homie of mine. Let's go. Like raindrops, swear I'll let you know when the pain stops. But now I need to run to any place in the train stop. And everybody wanna talk to me about some business shit. Never really listening, I couldn't get real interested. My days get darker, so the haze gets fucked up. Hey, sound the same when my name get brought up. You had a girl, I kinda wish you knocked her up. So I could meet your son and talk you up. Lighters, I appreciate y'all, man. Lay on the sky for me again. Start dying. Like how could he go? He was part lying. 
Life goes on, your tears all dried in A couple years ago, blah, blah, then I said, can you please help me find my friend? I'll give you anything you need, multiply by ten I heard he moved to a place where the time don't end So you don't need money, all you got is time to spend I'm saying, your life's short, don't ever question it's like that It's cool to cry, don't ever question your strengths that I recommend no limits, intricate die Go ahead, just give it a shot to remember shit you forgot Cause way back then I didn't know shit And I don't know shit now So when the world's looking hopeless I'ma still hold shit down Time for deep thoughts from our host, Eric Deep, who's not with us today, but sent in some beautiful thoughts on, we'll see. Kool-Aid and frozen pizza. At age 30, my stomach hurts just thinking about it. But a tall glass of cherry on ice with a slice of Totino Supreme pizza? Oh yeah, I would say at age 12. Our younger selves were curious and had hope for the future. Our days consisting of school, homework, and playtime. And we're able to eat anything and not worry about whether it's vegan or gluten-free. <laughs> Kool-Aid and frozen pizza is a work of art that I would never thought tasted good. Maybe 18-year-old Mac Miller was on to something. Maybe he was being goofy like when he rhymed Easy Mac with the cheesy wraps, a line he could longer stand. Maybe kicking incredibly dope shit also meant kicking incredibly weird food pairings. I think Mac's Kool-Aid and frozen pizza where samples Lord Finesse's hip to the game, and its video, filled with adolescent fun, he and his crew are roaming the streets, trying to impress girls, is Mac at his happiest. Think about when you were 18, with less adulting responsibilities. I bet a lot of us can say we were happier than we are now, enjoying life as seniors at the top of the food chain, and ready to conquer the world's next challenges. I was reading the comments on the Kool-Aid and Frozen Pizza video on YouTube last night, and these just showed Mac's impact on an entire generation. Remember banging this back in 2010? I was 10 years old and I feel like I grew with Mac, one wrote. I hope they got Kool-Aid and frozen pizza wherever you are, Mac, wrote another. And finally, first song I heard from you, be eating pizza and drinking Kool-Aid in honor of you. RIP legend. I just left the store. I bought some Kool-Aid and frozen pizza. Will you join me? <laughs> so, uh, was that your laugh or was that his laugh? <laughs> uh, that's probably <laughs> that was great. Uh, it sounded like Eric was in heaven as well. <laughs> I want to join him. <laughs> Breaking it down imagine. purely from a food <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> that's the one thing that we forgot to cover in our conversation. Yeah, like whether Kool-Aid and Frozen pizza would hurt your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Um, all right. Why don't we get into uh, Good or Bad, a segment where we listen to songs and decide if they're good or bad. Why don't we start with Reed's choice, which is St. John. St. John, Selfish. 
good or bad that we just wanted to listen to all the way yes. through because it was really good i'm a big saint john fan that, that was project great. was great that was uh really nice kind of a little like tropical themed mm-hmm. really bouncy yeah yeah real sexy tropical house. really really good all around yeah the way I, the way i describe him saint john is like 2018 theophilus london Oh, see that? Yeah, I'll mm. buy that. And he, and there's uh, still a need for that because the Apple's just got real strange. Mm. Yeah, I, tw- I tweeted that, and uh, somebody immediately tweeted back saying. New Theophilus just dropped. It, <laughs> I had no idea it came out, but it's like a very similar sound that it's kind of sing-songy, but it's like an evolution kind of because it's like for now. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to like 2013. I'd say that. And yeah, yeah the the whole product, it came out, what, like two months ago? Yeah, a couple or, months no, ago. Maybe more than that. A couple um, months ago. But the whole project was, was great, I yeah. thought. And I thought it deserved a, a rewind. It's the perfect 12 a.m. Like you see, you were for Ting and you just vibing, play some St. John. Is that like a go-to, like got a, got a. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got a house party. Like let's 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 I get let's like get real a, sexy. You got a, a girl over. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because they need those go tos. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play some. It's one of those songs. Is like oh yeah, this is it's a sexy time. I love singing sexy also. When, when cool. I was single, uh, my go to was the Zane album mm. from One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes to fuck with people. Sometimes just because I want to listen. There you go. Everybody got a sexy this album. This was much Mine better. is Bun B. Bun B. <laughs> <laughs> the early it shit. The, the trill. early shit. Nice. It's, yeah. I can't uh, get a boner. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's go into Manny's. Uh, Coda the Friend. The song is called Philly John. you thinking what that mouth do she like hold up hold up i do not drink no soda you see ring on my finger i do not answer no one my mama in vallejo daddy in oklahoma i came to get this money no time for roller coaster i said can we be friends she said what kind you talking she said i don't do breakfast better be gone by morning that was pretty good um What's that instrument that was playing throughout it? Oh, yeah. and, um, I know, ex- I know exactly what you're talking about. I got a picture in my head. Yeah, yes, I think it there is. There you go. It yeah. is staying in that tropical kind of vibe. A little tropical, nice. a little bouncy. Um, God, what was that song? Baby, if you want it for me, it was Baby, the Buster Rhymes from Mariah Carey. That had xylophone on. Yeah. Wow, wow. similar xylophone Also, nice sounds. voice. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sound just like Khalees. <laughs> Uh, it was cool. Who was that? Uh, Coda the Friend. This is Brooklyn rapper who I met a couple of years ago. And um, he was really, when I first met him, he was like one of those guys who like, yo, you can rap, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. And he's gotten so much better. Like, I remember we went out 
I seen a couple of, like a, a year and a half ago and he played me some shit and I was like, yo, this is actually really good. And then when I heard like his last project and his last couple of songs, I was like, oh, he's, he found a nice nook. Um, I got to actually link up with that guy again. He's a good dude. Just also a good, good, good dude in general. But I heard this and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But he's from Brooklyn and he made a song called Philly John. So I was like, hmm. You know all about it. Mm. <laughs> You're familiar with the subject. Philly John. Okay. <laughs> Um, I liked it a lot, staying in that sort of mood of the last one, really upbeat, really fun. I will say, though, it sounded like a cross between Amine and Goldlink, mm. both people that I really like, yeah. but not that original. Mm. Okay. No, that's good, good, yeah, good critique. <laughs> <laughs> Too much energy. I would listen to it again. I oh, liked yeah. It. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Let's get into Mine, which is a song by Russ. Mm. <laughs> a song uh, called Parkstone Drive. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I need y'all to listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it rains sometimes, even when it shines. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know it rains sometimes, even when it shines. Don't give up. Yeah, my parents' marriage in shambles, I won't lie, it hurts I thought money would fix it, but it just made it get worse See, my dad was the man, till his job cut ties He went broke, I got rich, that shit fuck with his pride, yeah I recognize it was disturbing to see The family stopped turning to him and start turning to me Going through it, I know he tried to hide the pain If he gave up and got a job, his dad died in vain Cause his dad ran the business So my dad tried to run one, two, but there's a difference No income, my dad started losing his confidence Meanwhile, every day I got brand new accomplishments At the height of my career was his lowest And that's a lie cause we both still going Me up, him down, it caused a lot of angst Argument got out of hand, had to call Frank All my efforts ignored, he threw it on my face It's not a song long enough where I can say what I gave Shit's crazy, mom couldn't believe him I mean she's cried in the past, you know, threatened to leave him But she never had the money to, but I got it now It's bittersweet that this is how by my mama house Oh well, guess I should've seen it coming All the tears, all the threats, all the fighting and fussing Hardly any loving, way too much hate Finally try to change, mom said it's too late Move out day, came and went, still in shock shit Doesn't even know where my mom's new spot is Wasn't the first time, but this was the worst time Hurt by your own family is the worst kind All this shit been happening while I was blowing up And it's still going on, now you know what's yeah, up Yeah, rain sometimes, even when it shines Don't give up, don't give up No, it rain sometimes I like that reaction so I, really... I wish I heard Reed's reaction <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You can just turn this shit off. Whatever. Uh, I need to know if this is a good or a bad song. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so that was, like I was saying, uh, off air. It was like my it was my first rest song. Um, I remember working at Complex when we were working at Complex, and yep. uh, he was on Daily Struggle, and it was like a big deal because he was going Every out day with struggle. Joe. Yeah. Everyday Struggle. Yeah. Um, it was all right. That sample, like I said, has been used a bunch. Nas and then uh, Juice World just did it recently. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear dudes rapping like that, and his flow is pretty good, mm-hmm. but Bubba. it's just like these. Uh, it's like a glimpse of what these young guys would sound like if they were in the '90s, kind of mm-hmm. like just spitting. Right, and it almost sounds like they're kind of caricatures of '90 characters uh, or uh, '90 rappers um, that they're just spitting to. To be doing that and to mm-hmm. be rapping about serious things and the sure. rain and everything, <laughs> it's like oh, oh, and then everything else is super about getting lit and, yeah, and yeah. trap oriented. Yeah, um, so it's basically what I thought. <laughs> so it was like it was alright. Uh, Manny, I know it was cool. I love emotional wreck Russ. That I like that Russ. Like, that about like losing control. Right. Oh my god, right? That's the Russ I like. So I, this was in that 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 realm. I liked it. I probably I probably play it. I like Russ, something like I said. I love Russ, and then sometimes I hate him. I'm with you in that um, review, because like sometimes, if you listen to the rest of the record, it's like some really cheesy, like, mm-hmm. me and you, let's go to a beach type songs. That was pretty cheesy. It was well, we cheesy. Not nearly as cheesy as the other oh, stuff God. on the album. Yeah. Um, that was personal. And like a topic that I've never actually heard someone rap about, which is like outpacing your dad in yeah. like money and pride and like 
I appreciate that. Parents divorce, yeah. which I've never, I don't know if that should be rapped about, to be fair, but yeah. I've never sh- heard anyone rap about it. I mean, hip hop and fathers have, I mean, it's a, it's a long, it's a touchy subject. Long right. history there. That's right. You should listen yeah. to Lose the Control. Oh my God. That song is great. It's like super emotional. Yeah. And the beat is like, mm. well, where is Russ signed? He's Columbia. Columbia. He's Columbia. He just made is the hip hop formula. Does too. he sell a lot? Fifteen yeah, he, mil. He made a hip hop formula. Made fifteen yeah. mil this year. Oh, fifteen shit, mil. Saying that. Yeah. Yeah. How, where did that money come from? Touring. He, it, people go to his concerts, it's, yeah. and he's he everything. Out. Everything he puts out just streams like shit. So he makes <laughs> money. Um, he's just he's just the reason why people don't know about him because he's an asshole, and so it's just easy for like media people to hate him, um, which is rightfully because he's an asshole um, at times. But um, I when you saw him go off on the desk. Of, um, on everyday struggle, but mm-hmm. then he's actually he's a good artist and he he does work hard um, And he does I hate he's some he he does put in the work because he's been he's been out for like since 2013 14 and like just working and it just clicked um, Two years ago like two years ago. He put out he just got a nice run and then his last album um, Wolf let me get this right. There's really a wolf. That's when he became like, okay, He's like how Logic mm-hmm. was. Like right. Logic was like really grinding, and it just clicked. And then it was just like you didn't know he was big until he's fucking opening. So he's like headlining, um, and I think Big Sean was on his tour. Right. He was like, oh shit, Logic's headlining. I mean, we could say for both of those, the case is that if they weren't white, then they wouldn't be sort of where they're at or yeah. as popular as they are. Um, yeah, that Rose definitely helps. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. I want to say whitish. No, he's white. Is he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He's from Jersey, so shout out to Jersey. <laughs> shout out to Jersey. Uh, but also, I'd, I'd add that people still appreciate the mystique of no effort. I think there's a reason that people to this day are like, Jay doesn't write his own raps. Mm-hmm. And someone that constantly tells you how hard they're working, unless they're an athlete, which you respect for some reason. True. That's a good point. I think someone that is constantly like, I record, I mix, I master, I produce, I check me out, yeah. I write, I tour. There's a certain part of like fatigue where it's like, all right, bro. Yeah, that is a good point because people, oh my, and I hate that whole Jay effect. I hate it. I wish he never said it. Him and Lil Wayne was like, oh yeah, I don't record. I just go in the booth. That's a lot of shitty music get made like that. (laughs) And be like, oh yeah, you didn't go in the booth? Oh, oh, you didn't write? If you think about when Kanye made power and he's like, I spent 5,000 hours on this beat. Everyone was like, that's too many hours, bro. And like, Power's <laughs> one of the best songs in the world. For a while, sure. yeah. But for, <laughs> yeah, for a while, he was really getting respected for that. For right. His, like artistry. Right. But. I think Russ is working too hard. Uh, and now we're going to get into spicy send-offs. Manny, can we get a quick jingle? Spicy send-off. Spicy off. Spicy send-off. Spicy send-off. Where we talk uh, spicy <laughs> takes. Reed? Uh, all right. So my take is... because. You guys have been making fun of me in regards to me reviewing the Eminem track Fall, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I did not like or enjoy, really. Uh, not many people did, really. But um, it is the Eminem hate has gone so far on the other side on social media, I think. I think he's had it coming a long time um, and that he's kind of been untouchable for whatever reason. And now everyone's making fun of him. Comedians and like everyone has these like hilarious <laughs> tweets about his rapping stuff. But I think it's got to see Chris uh, Delia's like impression. Yeah, yes. it's amazing. <laughs> 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 I'm like I'm still I laugh at every single one. Every yeah. tweet is so funny. It's timeless. Um, but I think it's gone so far on the other side that we've kind of forgotten about. Um, his earlier albums, maybe. And like like at least that they were products of the time period and that they meant a lot back then. And so after I, I got all this shit from Eminem fans for reviewing the track for Pitchfork and then also you guys, because it was just so heavy-handed kind of, um, I was listening through his old stuff and I was listening to Stan and I like listened to Stan, Stan like three or four times, uh, maybe more in a row. And it's really good still. Yeah. So I think it's just like unbalanced um and my, so my spicy take is that we need to bring it back a little and appreciate him for for what he did 100 um, because Classic. i Pitch think Fork writer walk back now we love them <laughs> <Yeah. and> <laughs> well I, th- I think he was on the other side of this this scale for so long right. where he like people would just appreciate him for for everything up until this album 
Like it was even uh, even the last like album. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, even a little the last album, the hip hop writers were still respecting him a lot. Yeah. It's here like that the kind of the wall broke and everyone started making fun of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the, he deserved it for these past couple of records mm-hmm. before even going back to when encore when he was rapping in like a Middle Eastern accent <laughs> or relapse or whatever. Um, yeah. But the earlier shit. Um, it still it still holds, and so I think it deserves some some listens credit. Whatever, hundred percent. I think kids need to. Uh, I say kids like I'm some fifty year old guy. <laughs> Wait, is this Eminem or is this the comedian? It's the comedian. <laughs> I love how he does like the 32 bar verse that Evan used to do all the time. Where it's like him riding a, a wave. I'm in a cabana in a chant. I'm in a cabana chanting on a stand up banner. Well, you don't got the stamina, you're lacking the stamina. You're lacking the stamina while you're divorcing Harrison Ford. And I'm in a portion of flowing ports while I'm all torrent. You're using way too many napkins. Napkins and chapkins. You use the chapstick and napkins while I'm papkin. Flapping around like a papkin. Flamming a baby pan a champion. Damn it again, a bit of it. Oh my god. <laughs> like I said, all that shit is amazing. <laughs> It was like the funniest thing. That was the greatest thing ever. That's the greatest. I mean, I I feel like he had to laugh at that. That was great. He did it. I guarantee he did. No, he was like, that was fucked up. He was in his studio (laughs) with the lights off, with his hood on. Right. But I do think that, like, um, if you're a hip hop fan, you should listen to everything before relapse. Um, Because, like, Eminem is honestly top. He's up there. He's maybe, you can argue he's top three, top five easily. Just because, like, those, that run was insane. It was like, there's just no one that sounded like him. Um, but pre, <laughs> pre-relapse, though. It's literally two different people. So pre-relapse, listen to that. Then you understand why people fucking love him. That was a cosign of a hot take. I liked it. Yeah. Um, wow. I just laughed so hard I forgot what my spicy take was. <laughs> oh, no, I remember. Uh, did you guys see the movie The After Party on Netflix? Yes. Yes. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> it's uh it's an all deaf digital produced Russell Wh- Russell Simmons produced film on Shout Netflix. Out to He's a homie. It. Sure. Um Oh Kyle. Yeah. I thought mm. you were just mentioning a random guy named Cal. No, Kyle. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle, Kyle for sure. Super duper. Uh He's amazing. That movie is one of the worst depictions of <laughs> rap <laughs> ecosystem that I've ever seen. And it like kind of concerns me because I think people that see it might be like, oh, this is how the rap world is. Basically, there's a scene where Charlemagne throws like a show, which doesn't happen. And then Wiz Khalifa's there to judge, which wouldn't happen. <laughs> and then it's like a 50-person venue, which again wouldn't happen. And Wiz Khalifa's front row watching the show happen. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't happen. Mm. And then the. It's a rare thing. He's like in the crowd. <laughs> he's like first row in the crowd, like, go, Kyle, or whatever the kid's name is in the, in the movie. And then Kyle vomits all over him. And then he goes viral. Yeah, that, vir- um, that vomit scene was. It was pretty good. It was not bad. <laughs> um, and it just really bothered me. I don't know. When you're seeing something that's like something that you care about that's so ridiculously off base or off tone. Yeah, I don't know. But wasn't that. But I felt like that was on purpose. Like. It would made really? it is exaggerated on purpose. Hmm. It's because like, yes, that rarely happens. Like, but I think if they showed what honestly happens on a day to day rap world right. thing, um, it probably would be boring. It probably would be boring to watch. So they probably got to spice it up and be like, "All right, Wiz, you're gonna go to the show." Um, because I think I added since all the shows I've been to, it only happened once when an art, a huge artist came in and and watched a, a small artist at a that. showcase. And that was that was not a showcase. It was never it was actually it was it was a <laughs> never a showcase. It was a small show at Baby's All Right, right. for No Name. Showcase and is always like people who are like cousins, yeah. and parents of the people performing, <laughs> watching them at a weird club near Times Square. Yeah, but I think that was I think it was exaggerated on purpose. Um, right. So I wasn't really like I definitely thought about it. I was like this would never fucking happen ever. But That's I was right. like, oh, this is funny. 
I thought you were going to say that only one time an artist threw up on themselves. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, no Only one way. time an artist I threw up on Wiz Khalifa. I fucking saw that. Oh, my God. That would be a great. I don't think I ever see anything. Let me think. Uh, come back to me. Let me see if I remember anything. Freshman show. Double XL. Um, Freshman show. Double XL. No, they just never showed up. Nobody peed on himself. Nobody threw up. I also know through inside information, insider trading, that uh, there was a scene where Kyle, Cal, as you call him, uh, Cal, <laughs> Cal, he walks up to uh, Russell Simmons and DJ Khaled hanging out at a party and he goes to talk to them. But after the Me Too shit, well, A, neither of them could act. That was so, on the, oh shit. <laughs> so neither of them could act. So they took like 50 takes. And then after the Me Too shit, Russell Simmons had to be cut out of the scene. And then you watch that scene, and it's literally DJ Khaled saying unintelligible shit to like a different <laughs> camera angle. <laughs> and then Kyle's like, okay, bye. And that's just a really funny, weird thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, where is he now? Who? Uh, Russell. Is he like in Bali? Fine. I mean, that's immediately what I thought of when he mentioned it. Was that He's probably shit? doing fine. Yeah. Family. What's your spicy take? Um, okay, so there's this kid. Um, his name is Odie. O-D-I-E. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a debut project. He has, I think, one of the best projects out right now. Like, top 20. His analog. He's really good. And it was cra- I think they played one of his songs on the sh- on that, um, on that uh, After Party. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh, shit. Looks like he's going to notice. But he's, I'm praying he pops. I think he has one of the, the best He's one of the most versatile artists right now, and it's really exciting to listen to him. I, this is, the, this is a, the project I probably bumped the most all year, I would say. It's always, I always play it. Like after Russ. After Russ. Um, <laughs> losing control. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I would say Odie, top 20 project. Look him up. He's really good. Cool. Hmm. I'll check it. All right. That was episode three. Sometimes emotional. Sometimes not. Yep. Shout this out pro- Eric Deep. Eric, love you, man. Biggie. See you next time. Yes.